2: Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in.
1: Shopify.com slash arsblog. Fabregas, it's Nazri. Can he go all the way here? Still Nazri. Looks for a shot. You know, I, we've said
3: it's going to be an active, um, it's going to be an active summer. Um, I expect to be busy. I think Arsene expects to be busy, um, and you know, I. Uh, um, um, I think. I think. Uh, um, um, well, I think. Uh, um, 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 well I think uh, um, we have uh, just completed um, uh, the, um, uh, um, and also um, uh, um, I think I think uh, um, 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 um.
2: Hello there, and welcome to a brand new Arsblog ArsCast. But more importantly, welcome to a brand new football season. Now, I don't care how bad you think we are, or I don't care how bad we actually are. It doesn't matter how scared or fearful or annoyed or trepidatious or frustrated you are. If you found yourself standing in the corner of the room, just banging your head off the wall like... Boom, boom. If Arsene Wenger and Ivan Gazidis and our transfer market inactivity has driven you to internet forums and blogs where you find yourself typing all in caps because you must be heard about how terrible we are. The start of a new season, well, it's a it's a fresh page, a clean sheet. And let there be many more of those. And none of us. Let's be clear about this from the very start. None of us are fortune tellers. Some people have the gift of hindsight. If only all of us were granted such gifts. But none of us know exactly what the future is going to hold. It might be good, it might be bad, it might be indifferent. And, you know, I'm sitting here not particularly encouraged about where we are and what we've done this summer. Nevertheless, we've got that start of feeling sensation going on where you just want a game of football, a proper game of football. None of these preseason nonsense things. Nobody cares about them. Nobody ever cared about them. They only started making us care about them so they could get money off us. Preseason, yeah, it's good for fitness and you can make some judgments if you like, but I don't think we should really start making any uh, proper judgments until proper football starts. And that's tomorrow tomorrow. So tomorrow, at around half seven, we'll be in a much better place to know if we're really terrible, quite terrible, not that terrible, or terrible, and we got away with it. So uh, let's wait until then. I hope your summer has been fine. If you've had a summer, we've had some occasional hot days here, which have uh, brought about the odd barbecue and sitting at the bank with the beers and the rums and all that kind of stuff. It's warm here this evening, I have to say, but it's not been much of a summer. Uh, And in terms of what Arsenal have done during the summer, it's been a bit underwhelming. I think you would agree. We've had a couple of arrivals. Gervinho, after, I don't know, how many days, weeks, how many times did he turn up at the training ground? I don't know. The deal was done about 16 times. And then eventually it was actually done and we signed him. Carl Jenkinson, the, the young guy from Charlton and... We've brought uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in, and that's, you know, that's fine. But there's been doubts, haven't there? And there have been players uh, who want to go who haven't gone for one reason or another. Sesk, of course, hasn't gone because those huge clusterfucks at Barcelona have dicked us around all summer, and frankly, uh, I think we've let them a bit. I think we certainly could have been a bit more um, decisive and... And work the situation to our benefit. He hasn't gone. And Samir Nasri wants to go, but he hasn't gone because Arsenal won't sell to Manchester United. But it seems like they might sell to Manchester City. And he's had his head turned by money and agents. And whatever people might say about why did the club let him get into this situation with his contract. They were offering him a contract for months and months and months. And he said, yes, 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 I'll sign, I'll sign, it's fine, everything's good, everything's good, everything's good. Now I'm not signing, and now I'm going to go somewhere else. And then he tries to dress it up, you know, with these stories about how it's all about ambition and winning trophies, and, you know, that's an easy one to hide behind, and not too many uh, people are fooled by that. And then we've had Bentner and a Bouet who have been in talks with uh, clubs to leave for, oh, I don't know, about the last three or four weeks. What do they do in these talks? Who are they talking to? Maybe they're talking to themselves. But they haven't gone. They haven't left. De Nielsen left, and he um, he's over in Brazil now, getting sent off in every game. It turns out you actually need to know how to tackle when you're a professional footballer. Who knew? Almunia. Did you look at the Champions League squad the other day? The announcement of it, and see Almunia's name and. Did a little bit of sick come up in your mouth too? It did. I think that was a collective. How many fans does Arsenal have around the world? 10 million, 20 million fans around the world? I don't know. But every single one of them, when they saw that, went, ham sandwich for lunch. So we've had problems. But then not many people are buying players. That's the thing. Not too many clubs. Sunderland have bought all the players that everyone else is going to buy, I think. United did. I know, United did. But generally, the transfer market is quite quiet. That's not to excuse us, because I think uh, we really should have done more over the course of the summer. The areas in which the team needs to be strengthened, well, they weren't strengthened And you can talk about Cesc and Nasri complicating issues, but even if Cesc and Nasri stayed, we still needed a defender. At least one. Center half and a left back, probably, in my opinion. We still needed those players. So what did we do? Didn't buy any of them, and we sold our most experienced left back. Now, I can see that it was time for Clichy to move on, but why not bring in a better player than Clichy? Instead of hoping that a young guy like Gibbs can make this step up. Because if Gibbs is as good as Arsene Wenger thinks he is, even if we buy a left back, Gibbs will make it. His talent will shine through. That's what happens when you're a really, really good player. You you play all the time. Uh, and maybe there was a case to be made for buying somebody like Leighton Baines at left back, and, you know, Gibbs is young enough to be able to make it still. In, I don't know. So it's been a bit unsatisfactory, and there's been a lot of frustration and a a lot of unhappiness and a lot of internet unhappiness and drama and fainting couches have been, uh, virtual fainting couches, of course, have been deployed throughout. But here we are at the start of a new season, and I still, I just can't help being a little bit excited because I want to see the Arsenal again. I want to see them in their new kit, running around, kicking a football, scoring goals, and hopefully not letting in so many. Um, and that's what it's all about, really. For all the talk, it all comes down to the 90 minutes on a Saturday and a Tuesday and Wednesday, etc., etc. So uh, we'll go on with that. Anyway, just to tell you on the show today, in a couple of moments' time, I will be talking to the Hollick and Gilberto Silver about our summer and uh, the inaction. And, you know, we'll probably go over all that ground that we've gone over all summer. But sure, here we are. And that's why we're here to talk about it, and you can listen, and it'll be fine. It'll take up your tube journey or your car journey or if you're lying in bed or I don't know what you might be doing while you're listening to this. I don't want to think about it now, actually. Um, But they'll be along in a, a few moments' time, but now Internet Joe has been enjoying the summer. Here is his roundup. I'm Internet Joe, and here's a 22nd roundup of the summer. Loads of players are gonna leave, and loads are gonna come in any day now. This Jenkins, that's a good start. Fluke gates are gonna open. How'd Transfer windows open. It's all gonna happen now. Where's Jervinho? Jervinho, come on, where is he? Jervinho, sign him. Where's Jervinho? I want Jervinho. Is he gonna sign? Jervinho, how many medicals does he need? Fucking sign Jervinho. What the fuck is going on here? Why are we signing any more players? Gone to Magaluf. That's Internet Joe, and provided he doesn't do himself some damage falling backwards to his fainting couch when something terrible and unspeakable happens in the world of Arsenal, he'll be back on next week's show. Still to come, we'll be looking ahead to the Newcastle game, the first game of the season and the scene of that, well, that game last season. Which we will hope to put to bed And we'll be looking ahead to that I'll give you some details about the live blog And the new live blog chat to come as well But now joining me to discuss all the bits and pieces of the summer And where we are right at this moment I'm delighted to welcome two top bloggers Firstly from Gunnarholic.com Gunnar holic
3: Hello there blogs, thanks for having
2: me uh, Very welcome And Gilberto Silver from com. Hello No freestyling, this is football discussion, alright
0: Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try and keep it to a minimum <laughs> The boy's
2: good <laughs> He is. (laughs) Let's let's, uh, start with a quick question to both of you. And I'll start with you, Gilberto Silver. The summer that has gone and is now, here we are on the cusp of a new season. um, It doesn't seem like it's been long and interminable, even though it's felt like it. How would you mark the summer out of 10?
0: Uh, It's a difficult one. I think it would be less than five. Um, I think I'd probably go for about...
3: Uh, three, three,
2: Three. all right. Uh, Uh,
3: Well, if you're talking about to date, then I can't argue with that. It's going to be, well, three or four, isn't it? Mm. Um, I I remain convinced and hopeful that our best work is still to come. But as we're speaking, things are not looking great.
2: All right. So you're going three or four. I, too, would uh, end up in the three to four region. Um, it hasn't been because I think w- what's frustrated fans this summer is there was, even though the end of last season was so terrible, there was an expectation that the terribleness would uh, beget some aw- awesomeness that would happen in the summer that they would look at it and say, well, Jesus, that was just shit. And we're going to have to do something about this. And and all through the summer, people have been waiting for them to do something about it. And, and so far, they they haven't. Um, We've signed Jervinho, who looks a decent player. Um, Oxlade-Chamberlain, again, looks a decent player, but is only 17. Uh, We've got Miachi, who's 18 and has been playing schools football a bit for Feyenoord and Carl Jenkinson. And, you know, the the calibre of the players that have been added to the squad really haven't got too many people excited. Do you, um, Hollick, have any idea why we are... 24 hours away from the start of the new season and we are where we are and not in a much better place.
3: Uh, One has to assume, and I am making an assumption, that the whole business that's gone on with CESC and to a certain extent with Nasri has an effect. It has to come to a conclusion in order for a significant sum of money that wasn't there in the first place to be released. And I still happen to... But I hear what you're saying there. I have a rather more optimistic view about the signings that we've made so far in that we appear to be gearing up for life after Sesc and injecting some much-needed speed and some much-needed genuine wide players. I'm fed up of seeing centre-forwards on the right wing. Mm-hmm. But I, I, that's, that's only a starting point, and that's got me enthusiastic But, of course, what we have to do now is, as and when those Fabregas and Nasri situations are resolved, and we assume it's going to be shortly because of the now increased noise that's going on and the assurances that we do want to get things sorted out, I assume that then we can address the issue of the experienced club players coming into the positions that we most considered ourselves vulnerable last season.
2: Mm. OK, and, uh, fair enough. And, I, uh, you know, I want to make it clear that I'm not... Uh, writing off the new signings by any means, and I'm I'm quite excited by them as well. Um, you know, on the on the very basic level, but just looking at them in a wider context, obviously, uh, people will talk about it. Gilberto Silver, um, uh, Arsene is talking about the the Nasri and the Sesk situations. Uh, Last night, he said, uh, we hope it will be sorted quickly one way or the other. We'll know very quickly. He -hmm. said the Nasri situation is stable. He says it's difficult to speak about possible transfers, but we're in a situation where we have to make decisions one way or the other. Ideally, you want it to be sorted out before the season starts. Mm -hmm. If Arsene had been, if he'd said this in June, I would be sitting here going, well, that's, you know, that's fair enough. You you want it sorted before this. He's saying this, you know, a couple of days before. Before the season begins, what I was told earlier in the in the summer was that uh, Clichy and Nasri, if they didn't sign new deals by the end of June, were going to be sold. And the Nasri yeah. situation, uh, the Nasri situation obviously hasn't reached that point, and it's been allowed to drag on. The same way the Sesk situation has been allowed to drag on. Arsene must have known that Sesk wanted to leave in June or May or April at, at, at some stage. Why have we not been more decisive in this uh, in this whole situation with both of them?
0: I have to say, I find that a, a very difficult question to answer, and that's the main criticism I would level at the club uh, for, for their actions over the summer is that they they weren't decisive enough in in solving these two problems, and, and I, I I don't think that it's unrealistic to have put. A deadline on a deal for Fabregas. Uh, I don't think it was unrealistic to put a deadline on a new deal for Nasri. And as soon as it became clear, he wasn't going to be signing that deal, except, you know, an offer that's on the table. I think that the, the problem is that Aston says he wants these problems solved before the start of the season. Selling the player is not solving the problem. That is half the problem. Mm. The other half is replacing them. And we start the season without having done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the players that we brought in are, are good players, and, and like you, I share your excitement. I, I I'm not here to sort of to knock those young kids who we brought in, and, and the likes of Jovino. But they they don't fill the uh, the gap in the side that the departure of even one of those two guys would leave. Um, and I think that it's a major flaw that we didn't deal with it earlier because now we're in a position whereby if we do sell them, uh, we're going to go into a market with three weeks. We're going to have a sort of second summer in which we, everybody knows essentially what our budget is because we'll have received the fees in and there'll be massive pressure on the club uh, to bring in players uh, of, a, of a high calibre. And unfortunately, the real fear is that as fans, a lot of fans no longer have the faith that that reinvestment will happen. And that's that's the really disturbing thing. We can only, I mean, I, I believe it will still and I hope it will. Uh, but you can understand those who have concerns that it won't.
2: Mm. The, the The situation, and I'll stay with you for a second uh, regarding Sesc is markedly different from the way it was last summer. Yeah. Um, Arson was categoric. he's our captain, he's not leaving. We have no intention of selling him. He's under contract till 2015. You know that came out very early in the summer and it was sorted, and, and that was it mm. if we, I mean that's what makes it so strange because we, we haven't been anywhere near. That categoric. In fact, we've been open to the sale throughout the summer.
0: Yeah, um, I think I think by not making that statement, we made our position very clear. You know, having set that precedent, as soon as we didn't do that, mm, we made it very clear that we were open to a sale, and that has allowed Barcelona to drag their feet. And ultimately, it looks like they're going to get their way with a compromise deal that, in my opinion, does not reflect the player's true value. Mm,
2: I, I would agree with that, Hollick. Your thoughts on? Um, the loss of Sesc, I suppose. You know, a, a lot of people will examine the behaviours and the wheres and the for's. and I, I don't suppose we'll uh, we'll know the the real truth of it because we're not we're not privy to it. We can make assumptions based on the information that we have, um, yeah. and I don't want to get into a situation where you know this is all the fault of Arsenal or it's all the fault of Sesc or it's all the fault of Sesc's agent or Barcelona. You know, it's a, a whole big plate of shit that we're we're, we're going through, but. Uh, from a football point of view, it's, it's going to be a big loss because he is our best player, one of the most creative players in Europe, um, uh, and it's going to be difficult to cope with that. again, it would make you wonder why we haven't done uh, more about it or more to solve the situation uh, sooner than we have.
3: Um, on that last point specifically, it is interesting that up until the last year or two, Uh, we have not lost players who Arsene Wenger has not minded losing. And the point that you made just a minute ago when you were talking about we seem to have been open to this sale all summer does make you wonder how... I'm not saying we're keen to lose him, don't get me wrong, but I think there was a figure at which... Uh, we probably think that we can do some business to the benefit of the football club. And that kind of leads on to the obvious statement, the old cliche, no player is bigger than the football club. And I'm fortunate enough, say fortunate enough, unlucky enough, you might say, to have seen it many times before. When Liam Brady left in 1980 we actually improved our league position the following season. And his replacement, from memory, I think we only really brought John Hollins in and put a bit more responsibility onto Graham Ricks' shoulders. But we did better in the league. We did. We had a similar situation when Thierry Henry went. Everybody was saying, well, you know, it's the last of the the big names. And yet the following season we should have won the league and but for the Eduardo incident at Birmingham I remain convinced we would have done although that's of course a, you know, at this point a subjective and meaningless view mm. but the point remains that we have lost our best player many years ago and more recently and come out of it stronger and I'd ask people to be a little bit more open minded about that even though today it might not look likely
2: ok well here's the thing then let me put you on the spot a bit Do you have faith in the manager to replace our best player or to improve the team with the proceeds that will be available from the sale of our best player? Do you still have that faith that he will do it um, <laughs> uh, let,
3: uh, let me answer it another way. All right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have to have faith that that's going to happen. But if, if steps aren't taken to improve matters before August the 31st, then I think all kinds of things could happen, and what happens will depend on whether we get through the Champions League qualifier or not. Uh, More concern to me, and you know when we got together at the end of last season, this Champions League qualifier scared the living daylights out of me, and it still does, in that, no, we do not have the players in place to replace players who have not yet left, if that makes sense. Mm. And so I'm worried that by default we could tread on a banana skin, and were that to happen, his position, I think, becomes untenable. But I don't think that's going to happen.
2: All right. I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Um, Gilberto Silver. it it leads us on nicely to the defence, because, um, you know, we're, we're just guys who go and watch football and sit around and talk about football and write about football mm-hmm. uh, without claiming any expertise or or anything like that but i think the view of of many arsenal fans was that the defense needed to be strengthened and we had a weakness hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat
3: owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue.
0: Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those, I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at Shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Um, it's interesting that they've, they've uh, seemed to have addressed that. In preseason, I, I saw an interview with Chesney where he's talking about how they're uh, concentrating on set pieces. But um, I think it went a bit more, uh, a, a bit deeper than that, in the sense that we needed new personnel. Um, so far, that, that hasn't happened beyond Carl Jenkinson, who is you know is going to be the understudy to, to Bakary Sanya. Mm-hmm. Uh, the centre-half that everyone wants and that Arsenal really do need hasn't arrived. The left-back situation is... Well, I mean, we've seen Arsene do it before in the sense that he's, you know, replaced one with the next one and the next one with Silvino Cole. He's done it before and looks like he's going to do it again with Gibbs. But, you know, I remain unconvinced. Uh, I think he's a good player, but uh, his, uh, his injury record doesn't really convince me. If we go into the first few games of the season without having strengthened the defense and we lose points because we concede a goal at a set piece or, you know, He's on a hiding to nothing and it's very difficult to uh, explain it or defend um, him in those circumstances, I think.
0: I think it is, especially because uh, it's something that he and uh, even Gazidis have publicly acknowledged as as a as a weakness. You know, they've both spoken publicly about the need to improve the defense. Arsene, I think, went on record about a week or two ago saying, you know, we definitely need to sign a defender, and it's widely assumed because it coincided with a bid for Phil Jagielka that that was a centre back. Um, alarm bells will be ringing today because the German magazine kicker has quoted him as saying he doesn't need a defender he's got four centre backs so uh, that'll
2: uh, <laughs> the cat
0: among the proverbial Tell me so.
2: no i can not i think that must be wrong because we know he's been after us so we know he's bid for Jagielka at least yeah. yeah i i completely
0: agree i completely agree i hope what hasn't happened is what has happened all too often with Arsene, is that he puts a value on a player um offers it to a club and when they ask for more he says no that's not what I deem to be his valuation. He's not prepared to pay a little bit extra for the player that he's identified. If Jagi Elka's the guy that he wants, he's got to go and get him. Uh, I think that, you know, the defence requires. Uh, in some ways, it's 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 almost, uh, as much as anything, it's having something someone new, like Chesney. His his youth and his confidence, as much as his technical ability as a goalkeeper, made a massive difference. And the fact that, you know, people weren't on his back, there wasn't this sort of constant trepidation about what he was going to do, and people were prepared to give him a chance, I think that massively worked in his favour. And I think at centre-half, the same issues exist. I think there's so much negativity surrounding some of those individuals. Some of it, I would say, a little unfair. Mm -hmm. that uh that that that, um you know having a new guy in would be a fantastic help the only other thing i would say is that um i was listening to nigel winterburn on the radio today and he was talking about you know the the work that they did as about four under george graham and you know it's something that's been over and over a million times but a new face is not going to solve the larger problem of uh, the team's defensive ability. Mm. Uh, and I think we have a lot to learn as a collective play and, and dealing with set pieces. One guy coming in, be it Jackie Elka, be it whoever, it, is not going to change that big problem. And uh, I hope that the work, as you say, on the training ground has been done mm. to try and put that right.
2: It's, it's funny because I was uh, I was doing... Half writing the the season preview for the for the for the blog, and that was a point I made that you know just bringing in Jagielka won't solve all the problems, or just bringing in you know a, a new player won't solve the problems. Mm. Personnel will help for sure, yeah. um, But I mean, it's interesting what you say about price because you know he's obviously gone after Jagielka and, and won't push the bot, uh, the boat out for him in terms of money. He won't pay what Bolton apparently want for Gary Cahill if he wants Cahill at all. Uh, Samba, another thing, and we're we're in a position where we're being linked with uh, with Scott Dan, who's a six million pound player from from Birmingham. Hollick, your thoughts on that? Because I, you know, I know it's um, when you look at it in in the context that we're looking at it in, for example, Sesk is leaving and Nasri is leaving and we're buying Scott Dan, <laughs> what's going on here? But if you look at it from the from the context that, well, he's better than Squillache probably, you know, it, it makes a it makes a bit of sense in in that what I'm trying to say is that uh whoever he buys, you know, people aren't gonna be happy in a way. Yeah.
3: yeah. You I, know, I, I I know exactly what you're saying and I, I...
2: What concerns
3: me about the players we've been linked with, all of them, and why I think he's probably not prepared to pay the sums of money that are being demanded for Jagielka and Cahill in particular, are that they do seem to me, and my relatively untrained eye, as being very similar players to Thomas Vermalen. Uh, And I don't know that they're the answer. Um, There was a bit of excitement earlier in the summer about Samba, who would have been a different type of player. Mm. But I think looking at um, close season, we don't appear to have changed our desire to defend a high line. And then you would have needed someone, uh, you'd have needed three Olympic sprinters alongside Samba to cover the gaps behind him. Mm. Um, and I think probably in that respect, then Dan... May not be the worst player to bring in on the planet, but the thing I would ask is that, you know, we made the point at the end of last season, what we don't want is squad players. What we want is first-team players who are going to drag us over the line and, and, and do the, finish the job that we've started mm. twice in the last three or four years. And I don't know that Dan um, gets a starting berth above Kershelny for me. I can't believe for one moment there's not a player of which we are aware, uh, probably in France or Spain as our preferred targets, that doesn't meet our requirements at a reasonable fee. But uh, no one seems to have been mentioned to date. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if arson was flying under the radar with somebody completely out of the blue on that. That's true, although I would
0: say uh, the only thing I'd add to that is that he did mention the back in the last season the importance of Premier League experience and I do think yeah. if we look at the the players we've been linked with I mean it's hard to know how much of it's just talk. but looking at Jagielka I think that that's something that he's gone out for he wants someone who knows the domestic game and I think that uh, that's why that's the only possible explanation I can find for interest in Dan however I would second yeah. your point I don't think Scott Dan's a better player than Yohan know, Juru or Laurent Koscielny and for me if we're going to sign a centre-back, that's what we need. Not someone who's better than Squillaci, but someone who's better than Cushelny.
2: Yeah. No. Oh, hardly. All right. So we're not doing particularly well on the defensive side of things. <laughs> either. Uh, yeah, you don't know who he's going to sign. This is my point. Yeah, well, nobody does. I don't think he does at this point in time, <laughs> because, you know, it, you know, while you say flying uh, under the radar, I kind of see flying by the seat of his pants, sort of, yeah. you know, this uh, sort of, well, making it up as he goes along thing, which he's done once or twice before. You know, Sylvester was a classic one of those where it became known that he was having a medical. I think it was at Sunderland. It could have even have been Man City. And mm-hmm. when that news became public, Arsene was on the on the phone making the worst phone call he ever made in his <laughs> in his life. But there you go. Um, yeah. Right. Let's look at uh, some of the the positives because we're you know we're obviously in familiar territory here, and and nobody's particularly happy, and and you know. Let's look at a couple of the positives that we've uh, that we've uh, seen from the summer. Uh, Riomichi uh, Gervinho uh, looks like he will add uh, an injection of pace into our attack. And for all the uh, the problems that we've had with our defence, the big issue I think we had towards the tail end of last season was that we didn't score enough goals. So um, it is interesting that there is a focus on on the other end of the pitch too. Uh, we have problems, I suppose, as well, in the sense that um, players that we want to move out of the club, we haven't necessarily been able to do that. And that speaks perhaps to the wider market and the amount of money that's out there and the amount of movement there is. And, and Bentner and Shamak, let's look at um, you know the, the, the forward positions of the club. And once you go beyond Robin Van Persie, do we have enough, uh, enough depth there, Gilberto Silver?
0: Uh, I think in the wide areas, we've got, a shed load of players, you know. It's it's we've as you you mentioned four players who are sort of new to the club in the uh, in your introduction, and three of them are wide attackers. I think we've got we've got plenty there, um, especially if Nasri stays. But I don't know how likely that is at, the, at this stage. Um, centre forward, I think, is much more of a concern. Obviously, Robin van Persie was fantastic in the second half of last season, um, and uh, for my money, maran and Shamak had a great first half of the season. I really, really thought he did a a stellar job while Van Persie was injured. However, since Van Persie's comeback, uh, Chamac has looked at a shadow of himself, really, or a shadow of what we we thought we had. And uh, I've got big concerns about his ability to lead the line in the likely event of something happening to Robin. Um, You know, we've been linked with with this Joel Campbell character who is uh, another kid and, you know, not someone who's played about half a dozen senior games in his life. So I've got big concerns about centre forward, especially if Nick was spent in the departs. It seems he's having trouble sort of finalising a move for financial reasons. If that were to fall through, I wouldn't be in the least bit disappointed.
2: Holick, your thoughts on that? I know that you're a you're a Shamak fan in your way. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. I, I can't hide the fact I did. I did rave about him last year. I was pleased that we bought him, and over the first half of the season, I think he was exactly the player I thought we were getting. Mm. And maybe he's a player who it's one of those he has to play every week. He can't play bits and in fits and starts. He has to get over that because you know he's not going to start in front of Robin van Persie if uh, the Dutchman's fit. But they're, depending on what happens over the next couple of days with the shape of the squad. Uh, one of the points that I've made th- just this week is that now that we have these genuine white players, we have the ability to change the formation that we play almost from minute to minute. And four two four is one of those options that we can employ, and you know it's it's all very well talking about maybe that would benefit Shamak. I mean if the guy doesn't get his mojo back, he doesn 't get his mojo back we you're then looking probably at promoting is this the year finally, while we have all these wide players that um Theo Walcott gets his chance to prove that he can play up the middle. Um, mm-hmm. there are options that we have, I think. I'm, I'm less concerned about the attacking half of the field than I am the defending half.
2: Gilberto Silver, just before we, we, we wrap it up, and I'll give you both a chance to answer this question, what uh, are you looking forward to? Because I know we're all a little bit, uh, we've got some trepidation going on, given the fact that August is a particularly difficult month and the uh, Liverpool man United Champions League qualifier, you know, we haven't sold anyone or we haven't bought anyone, you know, all this sort of stuff what um what are you in particular looking forward to this season leaving all the terrible stuff to one side
0: uh there's two things that spring to mind uh and the first is seeing Thomas forarlin back um he had a fantastic first season that was hugely missed last season and I, I do think uh I'm gonna get slated for saying it but it does feel like a new signing uh, and,
3: uh, <laughs> oh no I'm
0: also, I'm also looking forward to um seeing the development of jack wilshire as well i do think that whatever money we get for sesc we'd never be able to buy a better replacement than the one that we've got in jack wilshire Uh, and i think you know he was outstanding last season and i think he's maturing as a man and a player and um, whoever comes in will play second fiddle to him. He will step up this season and take responsibility and become one of the leaders of this Arsenal side. And I feel very sure of that. Um, And uh, that's the sort of one saving grace, I suppose, about losing the skipper.
2: All right. Holick?
3: Uh, Oh, absolutely agree with what GS just said. But there's another one for me that given again that we have all these wide players and we're freeing up someone who's been asked to play as a wide left-sided player has been given an awful an awful lot of stick because he's not geared up to playing as a wide-sided left-field player and he's not inclined to gallop back and cover his fullback too much. But there's an opportunity, were we to change the way that we play, to put Andre Arshavin into the position that he would probably prefer to play and the position that got him the reputation that made us pay all that money for him. Uh, And this wouldn't be a bad year, for us to use him that way, and for him to show that he can be a big-time player in that position, uh, because I have a feeling we're going to need someone to step up there. Um, but we shall see. But I'm, I'm hoping that Arshavin and Wilshire for me, big successes this year.
2: All right, gentlemen, um, welcome to the new season. Thank you very much for your time, Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com. Thank you very much, Blogs and GS. And Eminem uh, Gunnarblog from <laughs> Gunnarblog.com. <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you very much indeed to my guests. You know where to find them on their blogs or on Twitter, so go read or go follow, or in Gilberto Silver's case, you can wait for his new album to come out. Yes, I believe it's uh, it's on the way, under production, as we speak. Signed a deal with Louis Walsh there just the other day, but don't tell anyone trade secret before we look ahead to the newcastle game and some details of uh,
1: the live blog and all that kind of stuff here's amari bischoff pi the guy walked into the office i looked at my watch it was 859 that was good he worked in the office and he should have been there before nine he looked at me i knew there was something going on what is it i said well he said uh i gotta talk to you about something boss What's that? I said. Well, he said, uh, I want to leave. What do you mean you want to leave? I said. The work is good here. You get paid well. You like it. Yeah, he said, I like it okay, but I got another job offer. A detective from my hometown. He actually completes some of his cases. I want to go back. You can't, I said. I got this real important thing coming up in the next couple of months. I need you here. But boss, he said, if you let me go now, you got time to find a replacement, someone else who can do the job. No, I said, that's out of the question. I need you. But he wouldn't quit it. Kept going on and on. In the end, I had to let him go. And that thing starts tomorrow.
2: Fuck. Sentiments I think we can all understand at this particular moment in time. So the new season is upon us and uh, Newcastle away tomorrow, 5.30 on ESPN. We kick off our season at the, the scene of that that thing, the thing last season. I don't know what I can, it's not, it wasn't a game to me. I don't, I don't look back on it as a game. I look back on it as a swollen, grotesque, misshapen, pus filled oozing thing. That's all I, that's the only way I can describe it. It was a horrendous thing. Disgusting. Uh, so we go back there tomorrow to try and uh, lay those ghosts to rest. Uh, and show a bit of character and show a bit of, well, fuck, that was a thing, a horrible thing. So let's get the thing and let's stamp on its head and beat it with sticks and whatever else we have to do to the thing to make the thing go away so we don't ever, ever have to think about the thing again. Uh, There's not much in the way of team news around uh, at this moment in time. Uh, The only injuries, I believe, are Jack Wilshire, uh, who has an Achilles problem, uh, the club being a bit cautious there, I think, given what happened with Thomas Vermaulen. Ankle inflammation is a nice way of saying Achilles problem. And uh, North Bank Law on Twitter says that Kieran Gibbs will have a fitness test. And I, I really hope that Kieran Gibbs passes that fitness test because I I, some, I look at Armin Triori sometimes and it, it makes me question the entire universe. A little strong, I know, but there you go. Apart from that, though, everyone should be fit and ready to play. Sesk um, and Nasri, I would be very surprised if Nasri took part. And as for Sesk, he could be gone by then. And uh, that would be sad. For me, that would be a bit sad. Uh, whatever else has happened and the way it's happened, you might not like it, but you know, Sesk uh, is one of the best midfield players I've ever seen at Arsenal Football Club. And losing him now, maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, is, is kind of sad. And I do feel and I know I'm I'm not that this view represents many, but I feel that perhaps we haven't made the best of his talent, that he didn't quite have the players around him that he should have had, which would have allowed him to be better and would have allowed us to be better. The Chavi Alonso thing from a few summers back is, uh, yeah, when you think about that, it was a case that, you know, we all thought and. Many of the people at the club thought that Xavi Alonso was coming, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Maybe Liverpool uh, upped the price in the last few minutes, but when you shop right when the transfer window is closing, that's the risk you take. I do wonder whether things would have been a bit different if we'd had someone like Xavi Alonso in midfield over the last couple of seasons. But there you go. Uh, so I don't have any ill will or anything like it, towards Cesc. I understand why it is he wants to go. I think if you examine it um, on a football level, it is it is kind of understandable. I know he signed a contract. Many people will say, well, he signed a long-term contract, but let's face it. The, the long contract is there, not just for the benefit of the player, but it's also there for the benefit of the clubs. A long contract protects them from situations like Nasri happening and... Uh, Would you rather a player left in the middle of a long contract or would you rather he left with one year to go, threatening to go on a free? So it's not as easy as saying, well, he signed a contract and he has to he has to stick with it. That's just the reality of it. It would be nice, of course, if they all did and if they all went to the end of their contracts. But remember, clubs can be ruthless, too. The minute they see a player uh, is not producing or they feel a player has gone past a certain uh, sell by date, they'll sell him. No question about it. They just move them on. Simple as that. Whether they have a contract or not, whether they want to or not. Think about David Rocastle. Sorry, Rocky, your knees are a bit fucked. We love you, but off you go. And he gets sold. So it does work both ways. And the bottom line for me is that we lose one of our best players. And, uh, that puts us in a position where we've got to replace him and, uh, spend some money and, and, uh, bring some quality back into the squad. So anyway, that's that with Sesk. And, uh, Good luck to him and thanks for everything. 300 and something appearances, lots of goals, lots of happy moments. Sadly, nowhere near enough trophies. And uh, the reasons for that are, well, we could be here all day debating those and we won't do that. It remains only for me to tell you about the live blog, the first one of the season that will take place uh, on Saturday at 5.30. Live text updates of the game. You can follow uh, the game if you can't see it. It works on all browsers. It works in your mobile devices as well, on Android and iPhone and all those kind of things. And the only change we've made this year uh, is a subscription to the chat. Which means that if you want to come in and chat away with other Arsenal fans while the game is going on, it costs £10. Now, what that does is it provides you with a, a safe, nice, non-mental place to talk about Arsenal as the game progresses. Last season, the worst things got on the pitch, the worst things got in the chat. And to me, it, it wasn't acceptable uh, to have that kind of talk and the things people were saying and the way they were saying them. That's not what blog was about or ever would be about to me. And I had to think of a way to, um, to deal with that. And what I think a subscription does is it adds some value for people who who just want to come along, log in, have a chat, and know that it's not going to be like some of the mad stuff you see. Like, it was getting all a bit YouTube comments. And let's face it, nobody wants to be chatting away to people who are on YouTube comments. So what Tom has done, he's done a whole load of work behind the scenes, set up this brand new live portal. There's a registration system. And when you register you will see uh, a little button so you can upgrade to a premium account, which will give you access to the live blog chat, uh, new features on the Arses, which will be rolled out shortly, and other features which will be rolled out uh, over the course of the season. £10, of course, is, what, about 20p, 15p a game, considering the amount of games that Arsenal will play throughout the season. I know it sounds like a lot online, but think about if you have a tenner in your pocket and you go out, what do you do? Packet of smokes, packet of monster munch, a pint. Do you have any change left out of a tenner? It's as simple as that. And what we want to do is uh, ensure that there's a good place for people to come and uh, follow live blog and chat away with other Arsenal fans without having to put up with some of the madness uh, that's everywhere else. So uh, I'll give links to that on the blog over the weekend. But that's just to give you a little bit of an explanation to it and uh, uh, to explain to you why it's happening and, of course, all the hard work that has gone in from Tom uh, to make it happen as well. So uh, I hope you understand that. I should also make it just abundantly clear that you don't have to subscribe to follow the live blog. The live blog will be free and available to everyone, as it always has been. Um, so there you go. Uh, the season is almost here. I don't know what to say other than, come on, Arsenal. Let's hope for three points. And uh, obviously, we've got a midweek game as well against Dudenesi in the Champions League. Let's hope we get ourselves off to a good start this season. Uh, Until next week's Arscast, have a good one. Cheers. Bye-bye.
1: strikeout I believe. I'm out here all alone in the cold, in the dark, I'm a bit scared. But if you want a strikeout that can score head on, just give me a ring, because I'm Mick the greatest strikeout ever
2: lived.